You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Aloha, audiophiles, astutely ascertaining accents and accessories about atlases. This is Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. Today's show is episode 220, and of course, I am your humble host, Karen, and we are your bodacious bunch of boisterous baby bringers. I'm Colin. (laughs) I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. I can do a good impression of my baby. She says- Oh, yeah? No, 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 (laughs) no. Our daughter is uh, just about to be two, and so she'll so she'll be like, "No!" And then if she, and then if I'm like, "Really?" Then she'll get down on all fours and be like, <laughs> "No!" <laughs> oh God. Okay. How do they know? How do they know that no is like it has such power? Because you stop what you're doing. <laughs> and today we have a very special guest joining us. For Pop Quiz Hot Shot, Colin, do you want to say some words about our special guest? Tease it out. I'd be delighted to, to say some words. Yeah, so uh, as you all know, regular listeners, uh, I live in lovely Berkeley, California. And one of the things I used to love to do, uh, especially pre-pandemic, was I like to get out and walk up and down Telegraph Avenue. One of the things that was going on on Telegraph is there's always a lot of construction and building. And I noticed that uh, a couple of the businesses along Telegraph, when they were undergoing remodeling or you know changing into a new business, they would, instead of just putting up regular old board plywood covers on the outside, as you might see in a big city, they would put up the covers and there would be a really cool art piece on it, a mural. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is really neat. And I noticed another one a couple blocks away. I got up close and I'm like, huh, okay, the artist has their signature here. And I went and I looked up the artist online. I found out it was an artist named Nigel Sussman, saw that he was local. And then about a year or so ago, I moved into a new house, uh, still in Berkeley. And the house that I'm in now, when you come up off the freeway, you come along uh, Gilman, uh, right by the punk club, of course, but I'm getting sidetracked. Uh, (laughs) So as you're coming up off the freeway toward 924 Gilman, you pass another mural. It says, welcome to West Berkeley. And I was like, that's another Nigel Sussman. I had gotten to the point that I could recognize uh, the, the artwork just based on the visuals. Purely by happenstance, I was clicking through Twitter at one point, uh, you know, a few months ago, and I noticed that... Nigel Sussman followed Good Job Brain on Twitter. <gasps> and I said, you guys, I, I was like kind of fanboying out here a minute. I was like, you guys, do you know who Nigel Sussman is? And then I, you know, shared a link and I was in there. And, and of course, Everybody's the crew, like, oh, they're like, yes. oh, yes, I've seen those. Yeah. I mean, we all live in the Bay Area. I said, I wonder if we could approach this cool artist and uh, ask if maybe he'd like to collaborate with us in some way, shape, or form. And, and... I said, he's too cool <laughs> for, for us. We're not cool enough. But yes, we have the one and only Nigel Sussman here in our in the studio in the virtual studio today. <laughs> Welcome, Nigel. Hello. Yay. Hi. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. Stoked to be contacted by you because I've fanboying a little bit too. I've been listening to Good Job Brain for, for years. Wow. And uh, so I, I, w- I knew exactly what I was getting myself into when you contacted me. I love being associated with stuff that I like. Thanks for the great intro, Colin. Oh. Woo! He has done something very special for us. 
Uh, he has made an original Good Job Brain illustration for us, for you, the listeners. And it is a real ode to some of the things that we love on Good Job Brain, primarily food. Uh, <laughs> Nigel made a super cool illustration of almost like all of the interesting food bits that we've talked about for the last 10 years. It's so cool, you guys. <laughs> I'm so glad you like it. Food is a big part of my work. You're got to be crazy if you're not into some kind of food. So it's a way that we all connect. So to make something that references all of the food stuff that Good Job Brain has been uh, obsessed with over the years. And it's like weird and quirky things, which give a lot, like, kind of tells a story. Nigel, how would you describe this piece that you've made? It's a big brain made out of <laughs> foods that has all of these references to the food and I've labeled them so that it makes it sort of scientific and instructional. <laughs> the blend of irreverent and educational. Irreverent is the, is the percent <laughs> on brand. Yeah. I like it because it, it's so, it's so dense. Yeah. It has a great, um, what I like is a where's Waldo effect. Uh, the 20 year old stick of gum is now um, immortalized oh, forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it makes my taste buds fire. You know what I mean? Like the power of suggestion yeah Pavlov. and nigel's fantastic illustration is available in our new merch store Woo! we now Yay! have a shop on redbubble where you can get some good job brain stuff uh you can get nigel's brain food illustration printed on a shirt on a poster and on my favorite on an apron <laughs> we also have our uh, classic logo available on shirts too of any color of your choosing uh we have mustache face masks for all ages <laughs> And a poster commemorating our favorite uh, noted normal person, Thomas Edison, <laughs> that lists out all 146 of his insane job application <laughs> trivia questions, which was uh, hilariously featured in a past segment. So head on over to redbubble.com slash people slash goodjobbrain slash explore, or it's just going to be hot linked uh, from our website, goodjobbrain.com. Well, Nigel... You're going to join us for our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hot Shot. How this is going to work, because Nigel doesn't have a buzzer. <laughs> He's going to meow. <laughs> Cats show up in my, wor in, in my work for one reason or another, so I feel like that's fitting. Perfect. Yeah. Here we go, everybody. Uh, I have a random Trivial Pursuit card. You guys have your barnyard buzzers. Uh, Nigel has his meow mouth and <laughs> let's answer some questions first question blue edge for geography in 1814 napoleon bonaparte was exiled to what island in the mediterranean island multiple oh, choice oh, 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 oh come on okay three choices corsica uh -huh. elba or malta that was colin colin it is elba Elba, pink wedge for pop culture. We're going to go around the room for this oh, one. Okay. The question is, what are the stage names of the five Spice Girls? Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Okay, okay. All right. Okay. All right. I'm going to call on uh, you and tell me. Bonus point if you know their real name as well. All right. All right. Wow. Nigel, guest of honor. You can go first. This is not my forte right here <laughs> in this uh posh spice and scary spice 
and is ginger. <laughs> he can do all of them. Do all of them. I don't know the real. I definitely don't know real names. I'm not even going to try. Is sporty one? Mm. I said. Ding, 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 ding. I'm yeah. going to need a tag tag team here. Old Old Spice. Old Spice. Yes. <laughs> old Bay <Pumpkin>. seasoning. <laughs> All right, Dana, lay it on us. All five and their real names. Can you do it? Okay, so Posh Spice is Victoria Beckham. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, you said Sporty Spice. That's Mel B? No, Mel C. C. Mel C. Mm-hmm. Scary is Mel B. Correct. Then there's Baby Spice, who's mm-hmm. Emma Bunsen. 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 Bunsen, wow. yes. And then Ginger is Jerry Hallowell. Correct! Wow! Oh, Ginger Spice is I one. knew more of those than huh. I thought I might. <laughs> I forgot the baby one. All you forgot was baby. You put baby spice in the yeah. corner. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Next question, Yellow Wedge. True or false? Give me thumbs up for true, thumbs down for false. The first apple pie was made by American colonists in Boston. True or false? The first apple pie? <laughs> first, uh, apple That's... pie was made by American colonists yes. in Boston. I True refuse to believe nobody ever thought of this before them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I know. I think... It is. You are correct. It is false. It says the first recorded recipe is from 14th century England. Yeah, I mean, duh. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Purple Wedge. This is, what a weird card today. All right. Purple Wedge. With what color is the boy's name Rufus commonly associated? What? Hmm. Okay, all Wait, right. Uh, does it does it mean something perhaps? And uh, Chris, red. <laughs> Just a Seems guess. Seems like it's going yeah. that direction. Mm. You are correct. <laughs> okay. The, right, the card says specifically brownish red or reddish brown. <laughs> The oh. color of a roof. Yeah. It just, oh, yeah, it, it, maybe it's just etymology. A like whole spectrum. It... Yeah, it runs the spectrum from reddish brown to brownish. I feel red. like I should have known that. I guess that was a question for an artist. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've dropped the ball big time on that one. There's no Rufus crayon, I don't think. Yet. All right. Um, uh, green, white for science. What is the name of the rare second full moon in a single month? Oh, so uh, context. Uh, oh. Every month has a full moon, and every yeah. every month's full moon ha- has a name, right? right Based right, on like the right. farmer's almanac. It was just this Friday. It was the, yes, was... it was the Beaver Moon. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, seems appropriate. <laughs> it does. Chris, you buzzed in. Is is this a blue moon? As it yes, it is. Moon? A blue moon. Yeah, okay. once in uh, a blue moon. Right. Okay, didn't want to overthink it. All right, last question. Orange wedge. Mm, okay, for the sports people, person, <laughs> people, Nigel, how good are you at sports? Very small sports knowledge, but if it's not baseball, I don't got anything. That's good because yeah, I'm not I'm not super strong in the baseball. <laughs> yeah, well, this is not baseball. Chuck Foreman lost his chance to win the NFC rushing title in 1975 when a Buffalo fan, not a Buffalo, a, a fan from the city of Buffalo. Right. Yes, yes, not a Buffalo who yeah, was a fan. fan. Hit him in the eye with what? Once again, once again. Chuck Foreman lost his chance to win the NFC rushing title in 1975 when a Buffalo fan hit him in the eye with what? Meow. Nigel meow in. Oh, I got a joke answer. Is it a chicken wing? (laughs) No! (laughs) That would be so close. 
<laughs> I wish. Oh my gosh, that's such a no, good it answer. makes too much sense. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Knowing, knowing Buffalo uh, and Buffalo fans, perhaps, and I'm hoping that it wouldn't be something really gruesome or it wouldn't make it on its way to a card. I'm going to guess a snowball. Oh my God, you're correct. Oh. Ah, wow. Nice. Wow. Holy cow. Impressive. All right. I thought it was a hot dog or something yeah. like that. And there, ha- you know, there yeah. have been like instances of like fans, you know, doing, again, I don't endorse this in any way, throwing coins and things on the field, oh. but I don't think they would put that on a card. Like, whereas a mm. snowball seems kind of just on that line where. But if someone did throw coins or something, like they would mm. kick you out. Oh, if yeah. they can oh, yeah. identify you, absolutely. Yeah, mm. if they can identify you, they will kick you out for sure. Whoa. Cool. Well, good job, Brains. That was our pop quiz. Nigel, did you used to play pub trivia at all? Um, I've done a couple times. It's a lifestyle. Oh, yeah. 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 That is the best way to describe it. I mean, I, I didn't do well with the Spice Girls, but, but I have a lot of music knowledge and some science stuff music is always valuable yeah. on a pub quiz yeah. music and mm-hmm. sports mm-hmm. i think between the four of us like we span a pretty good uh decade by decade of music trivia that we kind of cover each other's That's gaps true. and yeah. holes you yep. know different pieces <laughs> yeah yeah nigel thank you so much for joining us uh anything you would like to share your your anything you want to plug oh we have a we have a plug theme song i'll play it here Who's got something to plug? Holidays coming up again, and I gotta. I still have these alphabet books that I'm trying to yes! get to, to sell. Um, you can order them most easily through my site. Definitely, you can follow me on mostly Instagram at Nigel Sussman. Nigel, you're working some of the commissions for some of the the big names in the Bay Area, and we're so appreciative and thankful that you you were able to carve out time to do something for us. We appreciate yep. it. It's so awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, Woo! thank you for having me. This was fun. And I have one a Patreon listener fan fact. This one is from Claire Norris. And her fun fact to share is that as the pyramids of Giza were being built, woolly mammoths still lived. They mm. happened at the same time. Mm. Okay. That's crazy to me. Um, she is a science teacher. And so this is one of the facts that she tells her science class. So as the pyramids are being built, a woolly mammoth still roamed the earth. Um, That's great. My, my window and perception of time is comes very cloudy when we talk about like yeah. prehistoric stuff. That seems to me, you know, really, really shocking. Didn't we get, I think somebody posted on the Good Job Brain Facebook group that there was a window of time when um, time when a samurai could have sent a fax to Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, that's a great example. I was just, Wait, I was just thinking fax? about that. That's yeah. right. Yeah, because like I guess the, it, 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 for a certain definition of a of a facsimile machine. Uh, I looked more into woolly mammoths, and this is something I found. According to the OED Oxford English Dictionary, Thomas Jefferson, American President Thomas Jefferson, was partially responsible for using the word mammoth to describe big things. Like he was one of the huh. people mm. who started using the term mammoth to talk about something that is very, very, very big. And what he was describing that was mammoth was a cheese wheel. (laughs) (laughs) Cheshire, which is a city in Massachusetts, they once combined the milk from every cow 
of the town of Cheshire, oh, Cheshire uh-huh. created this massive cheese wheel <laughs> and gifted it to Thomas Jefferson. And oh, sure. We're going to give him the biggest cheese he's ever seen in his life. He'll never forget us. <laughs> he's going to need to coin a new usage to capture. He's never going to poop again. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, on with the show. Today is episode 220 and every fifth episode. Uh, we don't have a topic or a theme, and it's just us making our own random quizzes to stump each other and stump you guys, listeners. So today, it's All Quiz Bonanza, number 44. So I uh, have decided that I'm going to bring back an old segment. I did a couple of variations on this. This this uh, segment is titled First in Line. First in mm. Line. The Second uh-huh. Coming. This is the sequel to First in Line. And for th- what this is, is I will give you the first line spoken in a movie. And you will tell me what the movie is. Ooh. Now, something that I learned in researching this quiz is that you really have to be careful and double and triple check this stuff because there are so many um, lists online of the best first lines in movies that (laughs) say things like, they're like, the best first line in a movie is, as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster, good fellas. And it's like, (laughs) that's funny because that is in no way the first line of that movie that is the last line of the first scene of the movie (laughs) that like people remember it's an incredibly memorable line because it smashes after that right to the the title of the movie but it's not the first line of goodfellas is actually what the f is that <laughs> That's the first line of Goodfellas. So there are so many oh, of man, these yeah. lists where they they the oh it's like here's the first line of this movie and it's a memorable line, line. from the first scene but it is not the first thing that is I don't know it. In this case, I believe All right. I'm actually me if you have to listeners, I'm pretty positive that these are the first lines Actual that first you lines. hear spoken in the film. So here we go. Okay. Uh and uh I want you all to write this down just Ooh. because I just enjoy write down quick. Okay. I'll just keep score okay. for everybody and we'll see how you all do. Are you ready? Yes. Here we go. Question 1. I was 12 going on 13 the first time I saw a dead human being. I was 12 going on 13 the first time I saw a dead human being. I believe I just watched this movie, if I'm correct. And I'm going to feel very silly if I'm wrong. (laughs) All right. Answers up. Everybody says stand by me and everyone is correct. Congratulations. Yay. Yes. That's by Stephen King, right? Uh it was yeah based on the novella called The Body by, mm-hmm. by Stephen oh. King. Yeah. Oh, okay. Am I am I insane or was there a scene in that movie where like someone puked and then someone saw that person puke and then everybody ended up puking? It's the story within the story. Yeah, that's right. It's at the the pie eating contest, which is one of the stories. Yeah, that one of the boys tells the other boys. Okay. Okay. I'm not crazy. That that traumatized me more than the dead body. (laughs) Uh, 
All right, here we go. Question number two. If I live to be 100, I'll never be able to forget that big snowstorm a couple of years ago. The weather closed in and, well, you might not believe it, but the world almost missed Christmas. <laughs> Give it to you again. If I live to be 100, I'll never be able to forget that big snowstorm a couple of years ago. The weather closed in and, well, you might not believe it, but the world almost missed Christmas. <laughs> It is a movie. <laughs> Answers right. up. Karen says, Ice Storm. Colin says, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh. And Dana Dana says, 2012. 2012 mm. is Dana's answer. Mm. I have stumped you all. For the <laughs> answer is... Rudolph the Red-Nosed oh, Reindeer. Wow. <laughs> the claymation one? The, clay, the That's the one. Well, I think it was puppets, but oh, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. You're, you're thinking the same one. Yes. So dramatic. I know. Yeah, I know. right? It's like an apocalyptic... I gave it a real dramatic reading for you, <laughs> yeah. and then it's, it's coming off of Stand By Me about a dead body, so I think <laughs> yeah. I, I put it in your head that it's yeah, going to be drama. Then I was but like, no, but it's... it's a children's thing, yeah, but I just wondering... couldn't get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number three. We were somewhere around Barstow on the edge of the desert when the drugs began to take hold. We were somewhere around Barstow on the edge of the desert when the drugs began to oh, take no. hold. Oh, man. Colin looks uh, confident. Karen and Dana are making faces. My, I'm like, I feel like I know, I have an idea of what movie it is. I can yeah. see the poster. I okay. can't read the poster in my mind. I'm trying to like, <laughs> okay. see if I can read All the right. title of the movie. Yeah. Um, We're going to have to ask for answers in a few seconds here. So write down something that you think might okay. get you half a point. The mercy point. Oh, okay. Like Are we doing that? All no, right. we're, we're not. We're not. Oh, right. sorry. Just, you know, just for pure entertainment just, purposes. I did so well on partial right, credit in school. Up. Oh, um, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh no. Oh, oh that's Dana. What oh it no. Is. You I was poor so thing. You poor thing. Yeah. Uh, call it. So Dana has written "Leaving Las Vegas," which is a I movie. I knew that was wrong. Uh, whereas Colin and Karen have written. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which is the name of the film. And the Hunter S. Thompson short story on which it is yes. based, which began yeah. with the same iconic line. I actually found, I've been thinking about this because I was at the flea market maybe a couple of months back and uh, found the issue of Rolling Stone. That short story actually no appeared in. Nice, yeah, nice. I found that issue of Rolling Stone. And I bought it and I sold it for a bunch of money. Are we sure we're not doing partial credit? Because that <laughs> we, I knew that that, that was so, what I was trying to get to. But I can't, I, I can't oh, give it man. to you. You know what? Uh, yes. You know what? Hold on. <laughs> I was like, it's Johnny Depp. The poster's kind of trippy. I was like, what? I can't see the title. What's it say? Okay. He's in I'm, Las I'm, Vegas. Okay. I'm, I'm going to give you like a little tiebreaker asterisk Ooh. such that hmm. if there is okay. a tie at the end of this, I will I will hmm. give right. you the nudge based oh, on it. Okay. But right now, Karen and Colin have two it. points. You have one point with the old star. Okay. All right. Karen, you and okay. I have to start hey. lobbying for additional asterisks here too. <laughs> Question number four. It all began on New Year's Day in my 32nd year of being single. Once again, I found myself on my own and going to my mother's annual turkey curry buffet. 
<laughs> this movie inspired me to make turkey curry. Huh. Just because they good? talked about it and ate it. Oh, it was great. It was, the, you know what? It turned out to be the perfect way for me to use all like the Thanksgiving leftovers, leftovers and all yeah, the bits. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just made a <laughs> giant pot of essentially like turkey tikka masala, basically. Ooh. And, and, and ate it for like a week. Yes, it all began on New Year's Day in my 32nd year of being single. Once again, I found myself on my own and going to my mother's annual turkey curry buffet. Answers mm. go up. And... Oh. Yeah. So uh, Karen and Dana have said Bridget Jones Diary, which is the right answer. And Colin has put mm-hmm. Love Actually. Close. Now, Chris, about, yeah, now, Chris right. I'm going to have to lobby here for <laughs> uh-huh. a partial point because the- these movies both take place in uh, uh, England, I believe. So right. I think that is it's it's fairly obvious that I was in some way thinking of Bridget Jones Diary. I would just like would to request some consideration. First- scene of love actually is not at a buffet mm, <laughs> like, mm, at an airport mm. hugh grant is in yeah. both of yeah. them okay. well we'll just you just take it under advisement chris this is just all i'm so, saying you know, yeah. how about half an asterisk i'm giving you with half an asterisk <laughs> one half okay. of okay. an asterisk so colin mm, if right. you can earn another half an asterisk <laughs> You will tie Dana's asterisk. Oh, oh, okay. All right. And we may have to move to something else. That's what we're doing now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Question number five. There was a boy, a very strange enchanted boy. There was a boy, a very strange enchanted boy. (laughs) Karen wrote something down confidently and has a big, big old grin on her face right now. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, that so. helps me. The chances of it being something Disney means is now I, the chances have just gone up. It's, yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yep, okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably about a dog. Yep, everybody. So. It could be the title. It's not. I'm gonna. Say, I'm gonna spoil it. It's not. It's not the first line of Airbud. <laughs> but it could no. be. But it could be. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, all right, come I mean, on. Let's have some answers in a couple of right, seconds right, here. Right, something, okay. write down something. Um, Colin writes down, oh. you know, a pretty good guess. That, but I was actually thinking that um, somebody oh. might guess that. Colin says Pinocchio. Um, mm. uh, Dana has written down Harry Potter know, and the Chamber right. of Secrets. But the only person who is correct is indeed Karen, who has correctly mm. uh, nailed it as the first the opening lines of the first song in Moulin Rouge. I haven't seen that either. What? Nice. It's great. Nice. Yeah. Um, can I lobby for extra asterisk or parts of an asterisk? Because no, I put- no, no, hang on here. Moulin, there is Moulin Rouge exclamation point. Exclamation That's point. That's the that official is- title of the movie. I'm going to, yeah. So I'm going to give, I'm going to put an exclamation point <laughs> next to your points. Um, which- yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. We may reveal later on what that means. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Question. Good luck cashing that one in, Karen. Yep. Never know. You never know. Might it might come into play? It might come into play. Question six. Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, I think about the arrivals gate at Heathrow Airport. Okay. Whenever Karen's laughing. she might know it. She might not. Who knows? Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, I think about the arrivals gate at Heathrow Airport. Okay. Uh, right. Karen. Everybody has. Everyone has love actually. You totally did. This time it is actually love actually. Yes. Great job. Okay. Point. 
Colin, if I didn't say it happened at an airport, would you have gotten it? No, Karen, no, 100%, 100% I still would have put love, actually. Oh, okay, Just Heathrow okay, okay. was enough for me to, yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, there we all go. Right. <laughs> all right. Uh, three questions left. Karen has five points and 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 a, and, and a, a, an exclamation point. Colin has three points and half an asterisk, and Dana has three points with an asterisk. Oh, okay. Here we go. It might come into play. We'll see. It might come into play. I believe in America. America has made my fortune, and I raised my daughter in the American fashion. Who? Hmm. I believe in America. America has made my fortune. And I raised my daughter in the American fashion. We have some answers. Maybe write down something. All right. Okay. You've asked this not one right. before. Maybe oh, <laughs> this is um, not right. <laughs> so Dana says American beauty. Uh, Karen says the Godfather, and Colin has written the, the Godfather one hundred percent. So the way you read it, deprived of all context. You're like, an accent. right. That's what I'm trying to do. Exactly. Exactly. It's I'm not a scene reading. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really like that. I really love that intro. I mean, for me, that's like, that's really just one of the best introductions. Um, yeah. And the, the best openers in, in movies. Uh, the character's name is Amerigo Bonacera, which means good night, America. Oh. That's, that's him basically saying, like, I tried to, you know, follow all the rules in America, but like, it didn't work out for me. So. And and it's it sort of gets at the, the 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 central sort of conflict of the of the film. All right, just two more, two more. Okay. Uh, everybody gets a point on that one. Oh no, excuse nope. me, Karen and Colin get points on that one. Yeah. And um, okay, two more. People do not give it credence that a young girl could leave home and go off in the winter time to avenge her father's blood, but it did happen. People do not give it credence that a young girl could leave home and go off in the winter time to avenge her father's blood, but it did happen. This is from a it's from a movie. These are all from movies, but this is a it's a little bit of a rewrite of the um, the the first line of the of the book. Hmm. Hint: This movie is based on a book, hmm. as so many of them are. So uh, it probably doesn't on. really narrow it down that much. My, oh, have I stumped everybody? Write down something. Well, All right, writing, so writing. let's okay. Write something. It's of... fine. Oh, maybe that's right. I don't know. All right. Oh! Dana has written Hannah. Karen has written Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Colin has written True Grit, and Colin is correct. Oh, yeah. True yeah. Grit, specifically the the I believe the Coen Brothers uh, recent remake of it, which uses that first line out of the out of the book, um, mm. whereas I think the original filmed version did not. We have one final question. Karen has six. Colin has five. Dana has three. One final movie. Here we okay. go. All right, everyone. This is a stick up. Don't anybody move. Now empty that safe. Oh. All right, everyone. This is a stick up. Don't anybody move. Now empty that safe. <laughs> I feel like now it's just thinking like what movie starts with a... A stick up with a robbery. Yeah. Okay. I'm I I I'm I feel better about my memory of the movie than I do about the title, man. Me too, me too. Okay, sure. I bet we're on the same yeah. wavelength. All right, okay. okay. Well I'll tell you, I mean, this this movie was huge. Huge yeah. movie. Yeah. All right. Massive. <laughs> All right, I think it's gonna come down to this, Karen. Okay. All right, let's see some yeah. answers. All right. Let's find out. Did anybody get it? <laughs> Colin says, The Dark Knight. 
Karen says the Dark Knight, <laughs> and Dana says Batman. We're all. <laughs> I get another asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> the and the answer is Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> that is the first line of Toy Story, spoken by Andy through Fantastic. Mr. Potato Head. That's right. Okay. That's yes. Great. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, Karen did not even, you didn't even, Karen did not even need to use her exclamation point that she had. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You're going to want to bank that for later. <laughs> she's got, she's got six points and is the big winner, guessing a lot of lines from a lot of very different movies, uh, yeah. Karen. So some good performance there for sure. Oh, my gosh. Once Colin was like, I'm not sure about the title i was like oh i me neither which one is it (laughs) which batman movie could it be and you're right of course because right the dark knight had there was a A a, bank robber some bank stuff going on yeah Yeah. but i don't know who said what yeah good robbers of banks don't announce you know i mean like in the dark knight for that scene it would Mm. happen all very quickly and quietly and stealthily Mm. because they're pros (laughs) Uh, all right uh (laughs) why do you recover we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. You're listening to Good Job Brain, Smooth Puzzles, Smart Trivia, Good Job Brain. So I wanted I wanted to talk about a crayon color that came out in 2017 with I think my favorite punny color name, mm. and that is Beautiful. Beautiful, okay. beautiful, yep. but blue. Oh, yeah. um, I didn't. I know think that. it's a solid pun. I saw on the internet other people are less impressed, but I like puns, so I was like, "Yes, <laughs> Crayola, you nailed it." Anyway, it's based on a new blue color. It was discovered in 2009. Um, yeah, it's the first new blue pigment that was found oh, in 200 years, yes. called Yinmen, which is yttrium. I think I'm pronouncing. I don't know mm. if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yttrium, indium, mm. and manganese oxides mixed wow. together and made this blue I love it. nobody had known before and then crayola made the blue color called beautiful based on that crayola has kind of a history though of having like a ton of crayons and some of the names are not punny at all in fact you maybe have no idea what color it is oh. um, based on the name mm. for instance like the classic one that i was like what 
is cornflower. Blue. It's blue. Right. right, But when you're a kid, you're like, corn is yellow. Why is this crayon blue? I I definitely, as a kid, was confused by cornflower for sure. But yeah, so this quiz, though, is called What Color Is This? (laughs) So I'll I'll tell you a Crayola color. It's not punny. You just kind of have to guess or know already what color (laughs) this is going to be. (laughs) All right. So buzz in. I'll keep score. And you tell me what color this is <laughs> first, right. first one wisteria what color is wisteria oh man karen purple yes yeah! okay. it is it's nice. a like a kind of a lighter <laughs> mid-light purple i'm already sweating i know if we just knew our flowers better maybe how about this one timberwolf what color is timberwolf <laughs> uh i think chris maybe buzz is first. that gray it is gray. Oh, yeah. It's lightish gray. Right. Yeah. Could have been brown. Could have been brown. Oh, no. Timber. Well, see, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I took a sports, a sports angle team, on that right? one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. The oh. the uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the NBA team. Their wolf, indeed, is, on their in their okay, logos okay. and such, is a grayish, is a gray mm-hmm. wolf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about uh, bittersweet? Bittersweet. Bittersweet. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Karen. Brown. It's no. Like chocolate. Mm. Oh. Yeah, like chocolate would make sense. Oh, how about this? Chris. Is it is it green? No. Well, why why did you think it was green? Because I thought maybe it was like the name of a minty type of plant, you know what I mean? Oh, or oh, oh like a spearmint. Oh, yeah. oh mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. guess. It's it's red. It's like an orangey red. It's not weird. Brown. weird. It's, huh. Yeah. Hmm. Uh how about orchid? What color is orchid? Oh man. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> Is it like a white-ish color? No. No. Pink. Yeah, I would guess pink. Not, no, not quite pink. Mm. Pink purple. Okay, so its original name was medium red violet. Oh. So it's like a reddish purple. It's okay. not really pink. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Mm. Yeah. How about inchworm? What color is here. inchworm? Get out <laughs> Yeah. Colin. I'll guess green. Yes, it's yeah, green. Yeah, a little green inchworm. Oh, sure. Like a little, like a. I just, you know, in my, yeah, children's book universe vision. Yeah. Sure. Yes. How about um, Fuzzy Wuzzy? Fuzzy Wuzzy? (laughs) Chris. Brown. It's brown. Yeah. It used to be called Fuzzy Wuzzy Brown. Right. But like Fuzzy Wuzzy was a bear. bear. Was a bear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. How about Thistle? Oh. What color? It could be two. I think Karen. Uh, It could be the flower, which is pink, or the plant which is green i'm uh, pr- uh, uh flower purple yes yeah. it, it used to be light magenta but it's like a it's like the lightest purple yeah why i wonder I, I don't really recall any of these colors in in my childhood crayola super pack some of these are new and some of these are from like the deluxe one okay, okay. yeah and this one this one is actually a scented color but i thought it was so scented. random I'm so, i really oh. okay what about shampoo? What color huh. is the crayon shampoo? Huh. Wow, that's weird. Colin. Uh, blue. No. Hmm. Chris. Yellow. No. Karen. Uh, orange. No. What is it? It is 
carnation pink. What? Huh. I was, and then I was sure. like, oh, maybe I feel like I've seen pink shampoo bottles. Like Mr. Bubbles, mm-hmm. maybe? Anyway. Yeah. 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 It's kind of a good shorthand, I guess. Yeah. I right. mean, it's better okay. than yeah. antiacid. Oh, like Pepto Bismol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the Pepto Bismol crayon. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's it. That's that's the quiz. I just thought it was fun to like think about why we name things. I'm I'm so intrigued by beautiful. I want to go get one I know. and look at one in person. The idea of a new color seems so strange because I feel like at our disposal we can like mix and match whatever color nowadays, but like having a new color I feel is like kind of weird. Dana is our new color beat. I mean, Vanta Black, I learned yeah. from Dana, beautiful, mm. the new blue, yeah. like new Yin-min. new blue dropped. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> All right, everybody, it is all quiz number 44, and it's my turn. Big celebration in my household uh, this week because it's the 15-year anniversary or adoptiversary of my beloved dog, Cisco. Cisco, yeah. 15 years adoptversary. Wow. He's almost 16. Because I, I got him as a wow. as a puppy. He went from a puppy to now a very uh, extremely, extremely, extremely old man dog uh, who still likes to get himself into trouble uh, once in a while. Probably more so because like he's so old that he just like doesn't care anymore. He's like, you don't, you know, I don't have yeah. to listen to you. Also, I can't listen to you because I'm deaf. This happens with people too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to celebrate his adoptversary. And with my quiz, and my quiz is called Lala Pupluza. It is a two-part <laughs> quiz celebrating dogs and dog breeds. I All am right. the designated uh, dog breed person at our pup trivia team. Oh, hands yeah. down. We're going to do part one first. So I have a list of very famous dog characters, and I need you to buzz in with your barnyard buzzer with their correct dog breed. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. All right. What the character's dog breed supposedly is. Um, <laughs> okay. They're in universe. The, yes. Sometimes the dog doesn't look like the breed. For example, if I said mm-hmm. Snoopy, you'd mm-hmm. buzz in mm-hmm. with Beagle. Beagle. Right. Even though he doesn't right. really mm-hmm. look like a Beagle. Okay. Um, but okay. he's, he's uh, supposed wow. to be a Beagle. Good example. That was the yeah. only one that I was going to get right. <laughs> no, no, they're a lot. They're a lot. They're a lot. Okay. Oh, well, we'll start with we'll start up uh, easy. All right. So buzz in with your answer. Lassie. Uh, Dana. A collie. Correct. Collie. Doug from Pixar's Up. Oh, oh. my goodness. Uh, that was Dana again. A golden retriever. Correct. Also, Earbud really is a golden retriever. Yeah. <laughs> Pongo and Perdita. <laughs> Chris. Dalmatians. Dalmatians. They're the parents in 101 Dalmatians. They didn't have 101 Dalmatian babies. That Yes. I Have we talked about this on the show before? I was for, so for about about your lawsuit the against time. the Disney Corporation? <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. I spent a lot on legal fees and it went over. No, um, I, so you know how like there's so many movies that just sort of they're there in the sort of the cultural zeitgeist, but you haven't really seen the movie. Like, yeah, I don't think it's like, I knew all about it. It's like 101 Dalmatians and the dogs. And then there's Cruella de Vil and she wants the dogs, for, but I had never seen the movie 
for a really long time until I saw the movie as an adult. I thought that the mom Dalmatian dog had given birth to 101 Dalmatians. I thought that she was the... You know, and right. suddenly there's 101 little Dalmatian puppies that they had, and Cruella tr- decided to steal all of them. I that's what really what I and, and as it turns out, no, it's not about this incredible, like this fertile, the most pregnant dog thing. in the world, right? Right, right. It's, it's about, um, yeah, they end up with 101 because yeah. they get theirs back, plus mm, all the other ones that they have 101 oh. Dalmatians. But I, for a long yeah. time, was under the uh, assumption that it was just a bit, she was just full of baby oh i guess not well i guess if technically it's not that much because if 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 pongo would predict a count 99 yeah. exactly it's just 99 chris we're in the same boat because i was like all right oh, yeah. there must have been 101 dogs surely for this title to make sense. <laughs> like, right like right. i thought that that's i did yeah i still haven't seen that yeah. movie either but. yep exactly all right uh, moving on, Beethoven, Beethoven, oh. Charles Grodin. Oh. Uh, that is Colin. He was a, a big uh, Saint Bernard. Yeah, He's a Saint Bernard. <laughs> correct. That's the name of that dog. All yeah. right, next one. Uh, childhood favorite, Wishbone. Wishbone the dog. Oh. Jump from story to story. That was Dana. Was he a Jack Russell Terrier? Correct. He's a Jack Russell Terrier. Also, the dog Milo from The Mask with Jim Carrey. That was also a a Jack Russell Terrier. All right. Hmm. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. He he has a breed? Uh, Yeah, Colin. Yeah, wasn't it? Isn't he a a Great Dane? He is a Great Dane. So is uh, Marmaduke um, Astro from The Jetsons also. Mm. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe why in that era there are a lot of great things i don't know maybe because like they're the same kind of almost the same height as people yeah they're just comically large yeah yeah santa's little helper from the simpsons (laughs) chris greyhound yes he's a greyhound okay because he was a a ex-racing dog Mm -hmm. right yeah toto from wizard of oz uh chris Toto is oh jeez, what the heck is the name of that dog? I forget. <laughs> okay, I forget. It's, it, you know it's a little with the thing with it, whatever. Uh, but I forget uh, the, the, the breed. Colin, is Toto a Scotty, a little Scottish Terrier? No, he is a Terrier. Mm. He's a um. I'm not sure if uh. I can pronounce this right. Is it Cairn? Can. Mm. Oh, oh, okay. I oh, would not okay. have gotten that. Uh. Yeah, Cane Terrier. Ooh. Okay, all right. Frank from Men in Black. What? <laughs> Dana. Is he a pug? He is a pug. He's yeah. a little oh, squishy right. okay, face, yeah. boisterous, loud-talking <laughs> dog alien. Lady from Lady and the Tramp. Oh. Uh, she a Spaniel. A King Charles Spaniel? Oh, you're Sorry. close. Oh, Cocker Spaniel. Cocker, Cocker Spaniel. Spaniel, yes. American yeah. oh. Cocker Spaniel. Cocker Spaniel. Oh, okay. King Charles Spaniel, uh, Cavalier Spaniel is um, Charlotte's dog from Sex and the City. Yeah. <laughs> Last one here for part one. We've gotten this at Pub Trivia. Either it was read to us or it was like a picture round where they show a picture of this dog. Oh, no. Okay. The Odelay Mop Dog from Beck's oh. album, oh. Odelay. <laughs> that was Colin. I know this one. It is a commodore. Yes! 
I, I know it only as the mop-looking dog yes. from the Odalay album cover. Good job, everybody. Good job. See, that wasn't that. That wasn't that bad. Okay, with our dog. you're right. You're right. You, you guys that know your dog bad. breeds. Mm-hmm. All right. So mm-hmm. here uh, I'm moving on to part two. So my dog Cisco, he is a Rottweiler mix. And I was like, kind of curious. I was like, oh, what does you know Rottweiler mean? Because obviously it's German for something. Uh, turns out the breed is named after the geographical region of Rottweiler. So not, not yeah. very, not very okay, exciting. Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> Probably ninety-five percent of the dog breeds are named after a region or a city or a person mm. or mostly an area or a country. Um, and then some dog breeds are named, they have very straightforward names, like straight to the point descriptions of what they do. So, for example, Portuguese water dog. It was like a Obama's mm. dog's Portuguese water dog. German shepherd, right? They're right. shepherding sheep and they're German. Mm. Uh, so mm-hmm. pretty, pretty <laughs> self-explanatory. So here I have a quiz about famous dog breeds whose names are descriptions of the breed, but in a foreign language. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I, I will give you the direct translation of, of these dog breed names and some clues, and you buzz in with the correct name of the dog breed I'm looking for. All right? Okay. All right. So, yeah. for All example, right. if I said the giant miniature and standard breed of this dog literally means snout in German, named for its famous mustache snout, you would say... <laughs> Is that Schnauzer? It's Schnauzer. Schnauzer, Schnauzer. Is, is snout in German. All right, here we go. Thanks to the internet, this dog breed exploded in popularity back in 2008 thanks to a Bay Area puppy cam. Its breed name literally means firewood dog, mostly due to their fur color looking like fallen leaves and twigs. Uh, huh? uh, that is Chris. <laughs> Uh, is that Shiba Inu? Yes, it is Shiba ah. Inu. Inu is dog. Shiba means like firewood, wood twigs. Funny story. My my friend uh, was was visiting the Bay Area, and I was taking him around. And we, you know, we see, in the Bay Area there are a lot of Shiba Inus, and I've noticed that almost all of them have like Asian food names as their dog name. Like there's a yeah. there's a boba or a kimchi or or a mochi or a sushi. They all have like like Asian yeah. food names. Yeah. And so I was like making this joke to my friend who's visiting, and I was like, "Man, all these Shiba Inus all have like Asian food names." And so we're we're in line to get coffee, and there's a lady behind us with her Shiba Inu. And my friend decided to like test this theory out. Uh. Oh, cute dog! You know, to the lady, what's your dog's name? And the lady's like, oh, my dog's name is Taco. <laughs> oh, no. Before we could say anything, she then followed up with, Taco is octopus in Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so <Right>. close. <laughs> oh, my God. Every Shiba Inu I know, and I know a lot, are all named after food. Japanese food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no like Western, you know, there's no like tuna casserole or like yeah. stroganoff. <laughs> borscht. Yeah. <laughs> borscht. Yeah. 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 Oh borscht. <laughs> that's really cute. That's, somebody, yeah. somebody oh, if it's like a reddish, like a reddish <laughs> dog. Oh, that's cute. Just borscht. Uh, I like that word. Borscht. Uh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Go back to my quiz. Uh, okay. This dog breed name literally means rather low. And these dogs are excellent ground scent trackers. Rather, rather low. low. Rather low. 
Huh. It's in French. They're great at ground tracking, tracking. ground sniffing tracking. Oh, what man. dog is low to the ground? I'm just trying to think of any <laughs> dog with a French name. Hmm. Uh, that is Chris, Chris, Chris. Uh. Basset Hound. Correct. It is Basset oh, Hound. Oh, yes. oh like Bob. Oh, yes. Like Bob. Yeah. All right. Next one. This Asian dog breed's name literally means sand skin, known for its very short hair and extremely wrinkly skin. Oh, oh uh, Colin. Is it uh, Sharpay? Sharpay! Yeah. It is. Sharpay. Huh. Sharpay huh. go. Sharpay. Huh. Sand, sand skin. Next dog. This toy dog, it's a toy dog, literally <laughs> means butterfly. Due to their face having like a butterfly like look because of their their big upright ears and like trailing ear fur mm. or ear hair. Huh. Uh, Dana. A papillon. Papillon, correct. Yeah. Papillon. Oh, butterfly okay. in French. Huh. Yep. This floofy dog is actually named for the German word for splash or puddle. Oh. Dana. Hmm. Poodle? Poodle, poodle, <laughs> which is funny because we cute. think of it as like it's always portrayed as like a French accented cartoon dog, yeah. you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's actually German, yeah. German for splash hmm. puddle because they're they're water yeah. dogs. Oh, is it because a French poodle is a is a version? Is a, of is it? a breed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the one. All right, good job, Yay. everybody, for Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts. And we got one last quiz segment for this all-quiz bonanza. Colin! I have a quiz for you all titled, What's That Number? And it is a little (laughs) bit of a grab bag. And all of the questions and or answers revolve around numbers, numerals in some way or another. So I'll give you an example here. Uh, I was, uh, as you know, out camping a couple weekends ago, and this was a big trip for me. Uh, for the first time, my camping friend and I, we rented a 4 by 4 and Ooh. we got to just talking about abbreviations and stuff like that. So you all, of course, know what 4 by 4 stands for, right, in colloquial usage. No? 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 Anyone want to it's give like an, an explanation? an in and out burger with four patties. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, like, an off, like an off-road vehicle. It's yeah, that's like exactly right. Four-wheel drive. Four drive vehicle, right. Got four wheels, and four, four of them are powered. Sort of the simplest way of looking at it. Kind of just a shorthand for describing... How many wheels or, you know, really, really precisely, how many axle ends does the vehicle have? And then how many of them are powered? Right. Other examples where the numbers kind of become a shorthand for the thing itself is really what interested me. So, you know, like a four, you know, we talk about a 45 record, right? Which, you know, as we all know, is short for the RPM, a 45 RPM record. Oh, I see. I like that. 45s, things like that. Yeah. Okay. So... 
let's get warmed up here. Um, uh, so get your brains ready. Get your buzzers okay. ready. We'll start off with one I know we have talked about before. Who's quickest on the draw? The large American conglomerate corporation known as the 3M Corporation. What do the three M's stand for in the 3M Corporation? Karen. Minnesota man, yes. mining manufacturer. I'll give that to you. That is absolutely right. Minnesota mining and manufacturing company. That's right. And they did, oh. in fact, start off way back in uh, the early 1900s uh, as a mining concern oh. and manufacturing concern. Yes, in Minnesota. So the 3M makers of tape by one count. Yeah. Tape among many other things, more than 60,000 products. uh, Wow. What what, what Mm -hmm. else do they make? Post-its. Oh, I mean, they make, they make healthcare, you know, industrial worker safety. They make, yeah. yeah, Post-its among many other things. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Household goods, scotch tape. (laughs) All right. This is another one here. I will, this will be a, a, a one point for each kind of scenario here. So you might want to get a pen or pencil ready. Yeah. Yeah. Let's write these down, please. These six flags entertainment corporation, also known as six flags theme parks, uh, operates properties all over Canada, Mexico, the United States, the name Six Flags is a reference to the flags of the six nations that historically had dominion over Texas. For one point each, please name those six nations, nation states, entities. I'm confident that you guys can get at least three or four here, if not all six. How well do you know your U.S. history might come into play? Whenever you're ready, hoist them up. Hoist them up. Okay. Okay. And uh, <laughs> Air Bud. Also, Chris has yeah. written Air Bud. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the micronation of Air Bud. <laughs> All right. Uh, I will. Uh, great. Answers up. I trust you. I will let you score yourselves here. I will read out the answers. Uh, the answers are. We'll cross them out. Spain. Okay. Got it. France. Got it. Mexico. Got it. Hmm. The Republic mm-hmm. of Texas. Got it. Yeah. The Confederate States oh, of America. You know, oh man, I thought this was okay. And oh, the yeah. United States. Yes. All right. How many points y'all got here? Let's self report. <laughs> five. Yeah. Five. Three. Okay. All right. Karen and Dana, five. Get your buzzers ready. And I apologize. There may be a little bit of bias on this one, but I think you will all uh, know this one. About cats? Uh, In 1996, uh, the Nintendo 64 was released, a legendary home console. Uh, What does the 64 in Nintendo 64 stand for? (laughs) Chris? Uh, the number of the number of bits that the processor can handle at any given time. Yeah, that's right. Sixty-four bit processing, basically bigger numbers, bigger data. You can do more stuff with it. You can do more cool three D ish stuff with it. Even if even if many of the games were not necessarily taking hundred percent full advantage of it, yeah, it could do more. You could just handle more information. Yeah, yep. do more math. Yeah, more math. That's right. More yeah. math, more fun. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Were there any other sixty-four <laughs> systems? No, I don't think so. Not at the time. Uh, or at least none that boasted about it in their name. The great, great, great American product. I have some. I have, in fact, I have many cans of this in my house, at least three in various places. WD-40. WD-40. Knew it. I'll tell you the first part. The WD stands for water displacement. 
Now I'll give you guys a multiple oh. choice here on this one if you want to. I'll give you multiple. Okay. Everyone gets a chance at a point here. Does the does the okay. forty in WD forty? Does it stand for the fortieth formula that the uh, original inventors came up with? Does it stand for nineteen forty, the year it was brought to market, or does it stand for the forty-year rust guarantee? They had what I thought was none of these <laughs> wow. things. Ooh, what I WD was led 40. to believe was none of these things. Okay, so what was it? Mm. It's the year it debuted. Hmm. Was it? Was it the year it debuted? 1940. Was it? Was it a 40-year rust guarantee, or was it the 40th formula that the scientists experimented with? Okay. Okay. All right. Answers up. Answers up. What do you all? What do you all think here? Chris says oh, 1940. Wow. <laughs> Karen says 40th formula they came up with. And Dana says 40 year guarantee. Wow, wow. This is really the, the multiple choice question writers dream here. Yeah. Uh, the split yeah. ticket. Uh, it is in <laughs> fact, if you believe the company story, it is in fact the 40th hmm. formula yeah. that they came up with uh, for oh. a water displacing substance. <laughs> and, 40 yeah. year guarantee sounds along who's gonna dispute it like four years later and be like dear company my i mean is it longer than a lifetime guarantee right that's true that's true it reminds me of um heinz 57 like it's a braggy kind of number name ah yeah you know like it that's what i thought it was i i I mean i thought a wd 40 was ketchup i thought it was 40 uses like 40 different yeah. places. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, right, right. Like, th- these mm-hmm. are all the ways you can use it yes. around the yes. house. 40 different right. places mm-hmm. on the human body you can use it. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't leave you hanging on the year. Uh, it was introduced in 1953, actually, mm. uh, by mm, okay. a company called the Rocket Chemical Company. They were creating, like, solvents and, you know, uh, degreasers for uh, aerospace manufacturers and it really was the goal was water displacement keep the water out wow. get the water out of there so so things don't rust and yeah so they can stay lubricated another american success story motel 6 motel 6 you see them all over if you're doing mm-hmm. road trips uh what does the 6 in motel 6 stand for get your buzzers out karen 6 dollars a night initially that is right. Yeah, yeah. The Motel nice. Six okay. uh, chain. They were started in uh, 1962. Their original goal. It, it wasn't just like, oh wow, things were cheap back then. I mean, which in some sense they were. The the two founders, William Becker and Paul Green, Motel Six was that they wanted to specifically start a budget, no frills, low cost, uh, you know, hotel essentially motel. Um, and so six dollars in 1962. Uh, is a, a little bit over the equivalent of around fifty dollars today. So oh. that's still that's that's okay. dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you get like a fifty dollar you know hotel room, that that's that's pretty good. Yeah, and th- they really were yeah. su- super budget. Like I mean, co- coin operated black and white TVs instead of you oh. know free color TV like yeah, you yeah. might find at other chains. Yeah, there was no restaurant, uh, which was kind of a, a big difference for sort of a chain you know hotel motel in those days. Like compared to like. A holiday inn or something like to not have a restaurant on site yeah any way they could save money um motel six the entertainment company a24 originally a24 films before they uh branched out into tv and other things like that 
uh, has become one of the most noteworthy players on the scene in the last uh, 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. The the premier, at least prestige name in indie films in America right now. I mean, uh, Moonlight, Hereditary, Lady Bird, Uncut Gems, uh, The Room, on and on and on. A lot of big hits. Uh, this is a multiple choice here. What does the A24 in A24 stand for? And I'll give you a choice here. I'll give you uh, multiple guess, multiple guess. I won't make this too hard on you. Does the A24 refer to a historic German cinema house? Oh. Does it refer to an Italian motorway? Or does it refer to a French postal code? A24. They are an American company. Can you say the question, the choices again, real quick? Yes, I'll give you the choices again. A24. Does it stand for a historic German cinema house? Does it stand for an Italian motorway? Or is it a reference to a French postal code? Wow, you're really good at writing fake answers. Yeah. They're oh, all so you. believable. I have I have a tough crowd. I have a tough crowd. I know it's got to pass your guys' bar. <laughs> yeah. I originally okay. assumed that it was a uh, reference to, you know, perhaps 24 frames per second film. No? Okay, all right. Chris Ooh. says German cinema house. Karen says French postal code. And Dana says German uh, theater house. Oh, unfortunately, none it's- of you got it. It <gasps> is, in fact, named after after the A24 motorway in Italy. Why? Yeah, this How? is this is kind of a very personal. So A24 uh, was founded in 2012 by some veterans of the film industry, Daniel Katz, David Fenkel and John Hodges. Uh, the story goes that uh, Katz was on a trip. He was traveling with some friends. And uh, as he tells it, I always had dreams of starting my own company. Uh, I was with a bunch of friends driving into Rome and I had this moment of clarity. It was on the A24 motorway. And in that moment, I was like, now it's time to go do this. All right. <laughs> in 1995, an up and coming American band had just released their debut album, In addition to attention from the local music scene, they also caught the eye of an Irish band with the same name. And indeed, that Irish band had been recording and performing for a few years, sent this American band a request essentially to please knock it off. You cannot use our name. Now, the band uh, really, really, uh, it seemed, could not care any less. They ultimately chose a random number to append to their name. What was that number and or what is this band? 1995. They added it to it. Yeah, they added it to their name. Yeah. Uh, Dana. Blink 186. Or Blink 185. I'm sorry, Dana. I cannot give that to you. I'm sorry. Oh, Blink 187. (laughs) No, what is their name? Everyone's smelling correct. Oh my God. 182. Blink. 182 not 185 not 186 not 187 yeah i'm becoming my dad he does (laughs) yeah i had always assumed there was some i mean even if it was stupid or dumb or local or all three of those uh, some some meaning to the 182 and blink 182 but no they say like it really was they were called blink originally and they got a letter from an irish you know pop rock band name also named blank the band kept putting off the decision kept putting it off their record label ultimately said to them guys if you do not choose a new name we're going to rename you and so they just 
chose a random number and became Blink-182 at that point. Okay, last question for you guys here. All right, beginning in 1982 and continuing for decades, this phone number is widely accepted as the most prank-called <laughs> phone number in American history. What is this phone number? Oh, everybody, at least in my hearing, uh, go for it. 8675309. It is 8675309. Yes. Yeah. This is the uh, name of the song 8675309 slash Jenny by Tommy Two-Tone. At its height in the in 1982s, if you were unfortunate enough to have this number, you might be receiving you might be receiving as many as 5,000 phone calls oh a day. God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. And that's in many, many, many areas, people were calling to have their phone number disconnected because it was just, yeah. it was virtually unusable yeah, if you yeah. have this, you know, thousands, 5,000 calls a day. As late into the 2000s, even, people who had this number uh, were trying to sell it, you know, places on eBay, oh. things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's really interesting. I learned eBay uh, would shut these auctions down um, because you are not technically allowed to sell a phone number per se. Like you cannot just sell a phone number. It's considered sort of a quasi public resource. Now, Uh, if the phone number is part of a business, you know, you could sell the business, right? I mean, like if you're, you know, 1-800, you know, whatever, 1-800 laptops, you know, you could sell that number as part of your business, but you as an individual, (laughs) you cannot just post your number. So some people have kind of, um, indeed some businesses who have owned this number in various, uh, area codes, the, the 800 and the 888 version of this number have changed hands several times over the years for thousands of dollars. Wow. It's still, it's still to this day, I read a story by somebody who bought this in the the uh, early 2000s plugged in the plugged in the, you know the phone the minute you plug this wow. line in it just starts ringing it's just that it just starts <laughs> ringing yeah it's just <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, as late as 2013, uh, there is a woman in Florida with this number. Uh, I will not give out her area code, uh, but she still says that she would get 50 calls a day as late as 2013 to 867-5309. Yeah, Jenny. Yeah, Mm. many, many, many people named Jenny over the years hate this song. Anybody with this phone number hates this song. That was What's That Number? And I think you guys did great as usual. And hopefully you learned a little something along the way. I always appreciate your uh, your quiz title. It's always <laughs> oh, thank something you. like, thank you. hey, who's cool with that? <laughs> My favorite was, I think for our, our underwater episode, <laughs> Colin had a quiz called The C Word. <laughs> oh yes, S E A. I don't remember that. Uh, oh, that's good. That's good. I don't remember that. Well, folks, not to um, not to not to bring the energy down here mm. or anything like that, but I, I have to remind you all um, of these tragic events <gasps> of uh, last week's podcast, in which our our on again, off again nemesis Carmen San Mateo, oh. um, international. Uh, now, quite frankly, interstellar uh, <laughs> thief of trivia-related items 
absconded with what was to be our final prize uh, for winning the trivia based escape room. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we found nothing in there uh, but an eight-track tape again um, explaining to us she had handed off uh, the prize uh, to one of her associates in crime, Dee Dee Convict, who has taken, who took the prize and then left us clues, uh, which we solved on the show to find out that uh, where she, she had taken the prize was outer space. Fortunately, uh, we we did remember um, from the last escapade in which we had to go chasing after Carmen San Mateo, we were still in possession of the fancy and ridiculous time interloper system, a.k.a. the Fartus. Yeah, our Fartus. (laughs) How can I forget the Fartus? It's our orange phone booth smellier on the inside than it seems like it would be on the outside <laughs> yeah. now fortunately uh we have been able to upgrade the farness yeah. um with mm. the with the space blast off device the space blast off device <laughs> which we're going to attach the uh or the sbd we'll attach the sbd <laughs> um to the farness and finally be able to get into outer space so what, let's just press a few let's just okay. press a few buttons here be boop Magically, we are now in the vastness. The majesty. It's just big. There's just a lot of outer space. Mm -hmm. And I really wish that we had something telling us, like, where in the universe we might, we should look. We look around the Fartis, and we find, (gasps) uh, you know, a nice control panel that has two things on it, essentially, right now. There's There's a button that says go to space we we had already pressed that to okay. go to space okay um and then there is a a a uh a knob for our interstellar sort of communication Ooh. radio system so we turn that and kind of flip through the channels a little bit to see if there's any you know communications coming in from yeah, outer yeah. space we do actually end up picking something up and that that is this Eleven. 12, 5, 15, 18, 9, 15, 14, 19, 2, 21, 3. Hmm. Ooh. Wow. It's a puzzle. One of, those, one of those crazy stations that just has somebody speaking out a bunch yeah. of numbers. Yeah, Number it does seem station. like a puzzle. So here's the thing. We, we listen to it, and it turns out that um, it, it, it loops from there. Like after that last number, it just it just keeps looping that series of numbers. And in fact, it keeps looping to the extent that we're not actually sure oh. where it begins and when we're because we just sort of came oh. in. We, we were able to tune it in. Okay. So listeners, everybody out there, lobe trotters, can you use that uh, loop of, of numbers to figure out where we're supposed to go in the in the vastness of space? You should go to goodjobbrain.com. You should look for the fartis, and maybe you should type in, I don't know, some sort of a destination for us. Ooh, um, and yeah. see if see if you see if you can get it right. We'll just we'll just chill out here in outer space um until you guys have an answer, I guess, for us. We, it's, it's fine. We have Tang. We have Tang. We got the we got <laughs> getting the everywhere. Unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they say Tang is for outer space, but you can't just bring a canister of Tang. <laughs> Yeah. And just open it right up. It's not like it's it's Very not like it's anti gravity or anything. I feel <laughs> yeah. like they should put that as a warning on the it's box. It's an orange cloud we can't see. Please help us. It's please in help my us. ears. We're, we're gonna looks like it's gonna take us about a week to clean up the tang. Uh, that's our show. Thank you guys for joining me, and thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned stuff about dogs, 
about numbers, about colors, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on all podcast apps, and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. This podcast is part of Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other shows like The Sit Down, a Mafia History Podcast, The Projection Booth Podcast, and The Accidental Creative. And we'll see, hopefully, CC you guys next <laughs> week. Bye. 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 Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.